This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen and hashtag why you have to act like a nasty troll online, bitch. And I'm James and I've got some tea for you. Um, did you know I was actually the ninth choice to present this at a pod? <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to Sissy That Pod, the RuPaul Drag Race Reaction Podcast. We're on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And today it's the Rusical of the US Season 13. And to join us for this episode is the wonderful, like, premier Dublin drag queen, Beta. Mm-hmm, absolutely. She knows a lot about those 11 o'clock numbers and how to put together a, a show and about casting. So, I mean, terrific insight of knowledge there to be able to, to dig into because, you know, that audition, that's the first time we've seen that on Drag Race. And it was yeah. good to, like, it was good to get an eye into these, like, queens vying for a position. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Denali famously said that she was frustrated boots. And I was like, that's inappropriate use of the word boots. So <laughs> yeah. I've just been sick of boots on the end of everything. I'm like, I'm going to have some cheese boots. <laughs> I have a hernia boots. You know, it's like, okay, Denali. So without any further ado, boots, let's welcome to the podcast, Veda. Boots. Well, Veda, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, how how long have you been watching Drag Race? Are you a casual fan? Are you a devout fan? What's your relationship with the show? I've been watching it from the very start. Um, I'm definitely a fan, but I wouldn't say that I'm a de- devoted okay. fan, you know. But I do. I've seen every season and I see every episode, but I don't follow everybody on Instagram and know all the behind the scenes yeah. tea and, you know, I don't get that involved in it but I, I certainly appreciate and, it and how you know, I'm a pageant queen <laughs> at heart yeah. that's where I came from so back in the day for you younger uh, listeners we had a pageant called the alternative Miss Ireland that was a big deal here um, in the 90s and noughties and um, that's where I started to really um, learn my mm. drag and work my thing out and that's how I came to be like a working professional drag queen was really by winning the competition. So, so like I say, I'm a pageant queen and I appreciate all yeah. of that. Do you think uh, Miss Alternative Miss Anna would ever come back? Yeah, I think it probably will. Yeah, and hopefully relatively soon. It's always, there's always a whisper of it and I don't think it's completely done. And I think there will be a time when yeah when something will especially since again, dragon yeah. all is getting its sort of mainstream moment now it could, because of drag race and stuff there's definitely an appetite and when you see stuff like love sensation selling out there's definitely people who want to see it yeah totally and there's a, a legacy there that's worth you know keeping it alive and there's also i think a need for um mm. to celebrate the culture again uh, coming out of the pandemic yeah, i think absolutely it would be great to put it back on the table yeah. you know I think as well, it would be, it's really important to go and celebrate like Irish queer culture and Alternative Miss Ireland. It was a great way of doing that. I mean, yourself and then Shirley as well came uh-huh. through that. And like Panty was so involved in, the, in, in, in sort of bringing it together. <laughs> and Catherine Lynch. Yeah. So you've got like all of these people. And I think because there's so many people for whom like drag race is like their window into what is gay culture. But I think that like bringing it back and doing something big like that will be like, look, we here, we like, we're doing this here and we have been doing this here. And it's yeah. such a brilliant thing yeah. to see back. And everywhere around the world. And that's a great thing to acknowledge too, you know, because Drag Race is excellent, but it's a franchise of a show and drag is just happening everywhere, you know, all the time and evolving in lots of different ways all the time. So it definitely would be great to see how the kids who are doing drag now relate to something like the alternative Miss Ireland, which is a force in itself, you know. Well, we'll jump into the episode. The sort of the first sort of exciting thing on the episode, I think, that we haven't seen before is Queen's having to audition for the part. So we see Rose and Denali both sort of try their hand at being being foxy. I thought it was really fun. <laughs> Me too, I loved it. I thought it was great. More of that, please. You know, I wanted yeah. to ask you about the so Rose mentioned like oh the eleven o'clock numbers like no I so this is obviously there there's obviously the prime number that a queen wants to do and like you would work as part of like an ensemble cast on the drag uh-huh. on in the George is there that kind of jockeying for position trying to kind of like I want that premium spot especially if you guys are doing like your your pantos around Easter or, or uh, <laughs> Shirley decides. that's how it works and like for the pantos Shirley writes them 
and she casts them. And she writes them with us in mind, which is just so flattering. And sometimes you can like absolutely love the part and other times you just don't. But that doesn't diminish it at all and you just take it on board and get stuck in because somebody has to play the part. The thing is, the story dictates how the story is represented. Yeah. So everyone can't be Mary in, yeah. <laughs> in the nativity. <laughs> it's as simple but as that. But does it ever happen that two of you sort of rock up on a Sunday both having prepared a nice, like, Donna summer number and it's like, well, only one of you are going to do it oh, in yeah. the dressing room. Come on, guys. Let's show us your moves. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't go down like that. Okay. You know? Oh, yeah, we just kind of, like, like work it out. We're chums mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day... I suppose day, there isn't a competition at stake, so it's, it's a bit different. Yeah, you all get to do it eventually, even if it's yeah. the same song. You know, like, for yeah. example, Speechless by Lady Gaga is a song that both mm. myself and Davina perform. We both turned up to the club knowing it and ready to perform it on the same night. We tossed a coin to see who would go first... She won. <laughs> she did it that night. I did it the next night. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fine. We don't get too precious about that stuff. You get precious about things that you're known for, that you know are completely unique, you know, to you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. only yeah. once ever has a queen arrived at the George thinking they were going to perform Spanish Train. I was literally going to say Spanish train. I was like, God help anyone. thinking, you know. (laughs) But, but, you know, that stuff doesn't really happen. How many lip syncs would you have prepared under under your arm this year? Like, I know this inside out. I can give you any one of X choices. Oh, my God. So many. More than I could possibly ever remember, you know. Okay. Which is not something that, you know, that people would associate me with because I do my big numbers all the time Mm -hmm. but I always do something else as well I've always got Mm -hmm. something simmering and so I have to make a list in my phone of numbers that I've performed and I go back and look at it sometimes and I can barely remember (laughs) well if you had a sort of a pep talk from Anne Hathaway uh, before you're going to do something what would you ask her to try get yourself inspired because she was great she was so into it and giving advice yeah, and she was really good, and I quite like her. I would have been really excited. I would have wanted to know more about the witches and how she feels she did. And did she check out Angelica Houston and how she felt about Angelica Houston? Because basically I would just use Anne Hathaway as a way to talk about Angelica Houston. Because <laughs> I love her much more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and and the the gag of she was ninth choice for Devil Wears Prada as I well just that. goes to show, like, you yeah. know, you take the opportunities that you get. I want that on a t-shirt immediately. Ninth choice. I just want to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, when's it going to be me? Also, who were the other eight? Like, who would you have put over her? Oh my God, yeah, exactly. I can't imagine. I'd love to know the list. I really would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shangela was on it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Willem. <laughs> Go ahead, hire the, the smart fat man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it was great to see her. She was so like into it as well. And really, so yeah. I wasn't sure if it was a pre recorded video or not at the start. And then she was answering questions. I was like, oh. I love that she yeah. had hives about talking to drag queens. Yeah. Yes. That. That's <laughs> the so anxiety. That's this so gender heterosexual, like a, a modern woman thing that, like, I love. I love. Yeah. yeah I felt like she was very sincere about it all. The one thing I wanted to mention as well was I like that because I'm really loving Utica. I think Utica's style is really great. I think that she's kind of been underappreciated in this episode and we'll get into that as well. But I love that she stood up for herself when they were like giving out the parts and was like, no, 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 I'm taking the one that I know I can do well and I'm going to like do like I'm not giving it to you because you feel like you deserve it. I thought it was really good because like she has kind of been that like I'm going to do it for the sisterhood queen the last while. And it was good to see her kind of like be like, no, I need to start competing here. Yeah. And she was good. And I was really happy that she was safe. But yeah. she wasn't as good as I know she could be. You know, mm. she was a little overwhelmed, I think, within the, the rusical. But I think that's the problem with the rusical. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's so many little pieces to it. And it all just is happening around you, you know. So you can get lost. And I felt like she got lost, but I was glad she was safe for her runway look alone, which is like, yes, 
Have you been sewing sleeping bags over lockdown? Did you know, getting it together for no, that? No, but it is very me. It's the kind of thing that I might do. You know those things that you use to keep the sun out of your car? Mm. Oh, yeah, those um, silver visor thingies. That's yeah. like my... I did do one of those during lockdown for a photo shoot with Babs Daily, like, just yeah. before Unica's sleeping bag, I might ask. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean. I relate to her on that level. I'm just like, yeah, that is very me, and I would love to wear that. And I think yeah. she's yeah. cool. You know, yeah, no, I'm unique and funny and geeky, and they're all my favorite things. It was interesting to see uh, Graham Norton and his relationship with Tina Burner was brought up. I thought they wouldn't mention yeah. that ever. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because Graham's in promote. the show, like he's a judge <laughs> yeah. in another franchise. I was like, oh, they don't want I, to bring up his love life. I did notice that though. Uh-huh. In the like little like clips they showed of Graham Norton. First of all, it was like they went back to like so Graham Norton nineteen nineties, like uh-huh. for the photographs on it. It was like nothing in, in the last like twenty years was shown. But like they didn't show any like pictures of him on the judging panel either on US or on UK. So it was almost like they were trying to create a like a distinction from uh-huh. the fact that he was involved with the with the, yeah. the franchise. I figured they just used photos from like the the time he was dating Tina. That's what I thought yeah. the approach was. I think I think so too. And also I think it is kind of keeping your hands cleaner too. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> that it's her story that they're telling. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and not Graham's. Which brings me to Denali, <laughs> the hieroglyphs. <laughs> I love that she finds cartoons sexy. We yeah, all know yeah. that lots of people find cartoons sexy because we've all been on Pornhub and we all know that people spend a lot of time <laughs> drawing amazing sexy cartoons that I personally I... don't care for. But I'm so glad that it came I out as a thing. I loved that... When when um, Denali said that, like Simone took like looked around her with like his absolute look around, he's like, "You mean animated people?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Some of them are animals. Some of them Not aren't even the people." Animated people, girl. <laughs> I thought everyone knew that like people had their sexual awakening to like Jessica Rabbit and stuff like that, or like <laughs> yeah. the Fox Robin Hood. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Disney's Robin Hood was my first crush, like 100%. I was the like, box. I don't know what he's serving. Yeah. It is suave and I want it. Yeah, you're right. He's a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was really into it. I felt like and the animated people, you know, were being embraced as well. It was like, don't discriminate it, yeah. against the animated people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't. Well, dick pics are going to look very different as well. Yeah, that's true. You need to draw, I'm going to draw you one. <laughs> 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 Sign up to our Patreon. <laughs> May not be to get, scale. <laughs> get the A4 paper. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's move on to the actual rusical. Um, so we'll just go through people one by one. Tina Burner as her sort of Sally Bowles narrator. I thought she was really good. She really kept it together. I thought she really had a character there. I thought it was a bit unfair to put her in the bottom just because she stopped lip syncing at one moment. I 100% agree. I felt like it was a reach. The lip syncing mm. thing was a reach. She did stop lip syncing, but she carried the whole show and then she mm-hmm. stopped lip syncing. And they had to add a sound effect and a kind of a moment to make you even notice. Yeah. You know, it felt like a reach. But then I was trying to think of the safe girls, if Tina wasn't in the bottom, who would be in the bottom? And if, yeah. if it had been any of the others that were safe... I would have felt the same. I'd be like, why is Eunuch in the bottom? You know? I, I don't know. Like, I'm not really warming to Tina over the course of the show. Um, and I know, like, Tina's come in with this, like, massive reputation from being this, like, huge, like, force in New York. But I don't know. There's something about the way he's coming across in a talking head that I'm just, like, I'm having trouble connecting. So I thought that the performance in the musical was sort of, like, it was it was all right. It didn't, like, blow me away. But he had an awful lot to learn and an awful lot to do. And I definitely don't feel like, I don't think he belonged in the top, but like, I also would agree that it was sort of just making up numbers to put him in the bottom. And almost it felt a little bit like they were like, oh, here's an opportunity to take this person down a peg or two, like to kind of give them a bit of a dig. Yeah, maybe. And her looks are a bit weird. So I I think that, you know, the judges and especially Ruth sees everything, you know? So I think being in the bottom, 
at this point, the competition mightn't hurt her. It might light a fire under Tina Burner. I think she's a slow yeah. burner. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> she is friends with friends of mine. And I've seen her perform in Fire Island in New York a few times. And she's a really good performer. And she's a funny queen. She's a bar queen, a very quippy, witty queen. Yeah. But she and I have never connected in any way. Um, but I know she's a nice person for that reason, if you know what I mean. Yeah, people yeah. who I love, love her and are friends with her. You yeah, know? Yeah. So I'm like, mm, she's probably just a slow burner. See, I suppose, yeah, like Tina overall is a separate issue, whereas than Tina in this challenge. And I just feel we were back to her so many times. I just felt I was like relaxed i was like i yeah you she made you feel comfortable and you were confident that she would take you to the narrative and i think she did a good job on that so i would have actually put her in the top not because she had any particular standout moment but i just felt she was so consistent throughout the challenge and that she pushed on the narrative really well yeah i agree she was a safe queen to me i thought she might be going in the top until the sound effect that they did when she died let me know that she had been earmarked you know yeah. to not <laughs> to not win because until then I thought oh she might win I thought the story they're telling might be that Rose I think she's going to win this but Tina's yeah. just going to walk yeah. away with it but I was wrong girl <laughs> <laughs> next up then was Olivia who was playing uh, Mark Tuckenberg and Veda, I've had a tough time connecting with with uh, Olivia this series. I just I haven't really got the appeal. But actually, this episode, she impressed me the most. I thought she came across really natural in that role. It was unfortunate that she was wearing grey because you could see the sweat come through. I loved the end. seeing her sweat. Yeah. I, was just <laughs> I loved that. I loved it. It was such a great detail. It was an unfortunate choice. I felt for her. But I also thought she's got this amazing, sunny smile. Yeah. We all know it. She's got a really feminine, soft look. She doesn't look like someone who's sweating, <laughs> you know? So I thought she's working hard and she's, he makes it look effortless. Yeah, I like. I think that her smile is carrying her like so far through this competition. Like she is like just effortlessly beautiful. And I did kind of like this sort of, um, I don't know, I'm trying to remember like that Jennifer Lopez movie, the the one where like the the, the enough, that kind of like Jennifer Lopez and enough uh-huh, look that she had uh-huh, got going on. Uh-huh. And, and I thought she was like, her voice is really good. And I think because she'd been so much in the front the last couple of weeks, it was kind of nice almost to have her just be like a little bit in the background, um, doing a good job, solid, safe, um, looked good on the actual runway and, and sort of like pretty good in the thing. But yeah, I, I thought she, yeah, I liked her this week. Next up was Simone, who definitely is one of the stars of the season. But I, she just got out of bed the wrong way in yeah. this episode. She just, she didn't even try, did she? Simone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but girl, cheer up, girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, she had a bad episode. She had a bad couple of days. I hope she bounces back. She was amazing in the lip sync. She was. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, she was like you. Even like when you were watching her do the choreography and the singing, like there was a real self defeated quality yeah. to it, and you could see that she was kind of like I think was it Ross said it on the th- on the, the the judging panel that she was almost like apologizing for her performance as she was delivering it with like mm. with her eyes, and that that you do, and I think especially when you've been watching the show and you've seen how amazing she's done, you have this real high bar for her. And then you almost go to the place where you're feeling sorry for her because you're like, I know how good you are. Yeah. And I know how like how much you have. And then you see her in the lip sync again and you're like, oh my God, like you've, you're effervescent when you're performing. Yeah. Um, it was frustrating. Yeah, it was very, very frustrating. frustrating. She did this thing that there was, the wig choices were very significant this week. She was hiding behind this kind of curtain of wigs and yeah. glasses. And the sunglasses was, as well. Yeah, you couldn't get in. anyone. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't read her face at all. It was a big mistake. I was yeah. really hoax the whole time just thinking, take off your glasses, take off your glasses, take off your glasses. Yeah. Yeah, wear mm. the glasses in the background, wear the glasses up to the up till your moment and then take them off. Because we've got exactly. the character at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And also I felt like if you're giving me Paris Hilton being packed, you're not giving me Instagram girl at all. You know, because no. Paris Hilton being ha- papped is actually the opposite of what she is on Instagram. 
She's like yes. shut down in the street with the hair over her face and the sunglasses going, please don't take my picture. On Instagram, she's got Cristal, a tiara. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's gorgeous and she's giving you her best. And it's like, yeah. just Simone didn't get what the brief was to, for me. Yeah. I do think like she was, she was like down on the floor doing that down and dirty dancing. You're absolutely right about that. And when you get to the, the say the TikTok one, they had the, the girls with the, the lights out, like, yeah. the, like spotlights out for Elliot. They should almost have had the same with those ring lights for, for like Simone to perform with. Cause it is like Instagram is so much about this staged, you need to be your own ring light, girl. That's the lesson. <laughs> you know, like, she needs to be your ring your own light. wind. <laughs> like, you know, that was the challenge. I felt bad for her, but she was in the bottom sort of deservedly. She really messed it up. I also felt like in the, the recording part of that challenge, she totally messed it up. We all know that even if you have an awful voice, you're a queer person performing. We're going to eat it up if you serve it to us hot, you know? So she could have, like asked to do a rap take as well. She could have spiced up that bad vocal in so many different ways. And we know she has it in her to do it. Because I was like listening to it back at when, when they're actually performing it. I was just thinking, why didn't she rap this? It would have been amazing. Speaking of rap though, Yutiko was up next with her Twitter saga. I thought this was really good. I thought she put a real great character into it. And she really, like, I know she was struggling in the recording part, but that's because it was difficult and she really ate it yeah. by the end. I felt like it was like a really good rehearsal and that's, you know, and I love Unica and I'm rooting for her. I felt like it was completely like, if that was the dress rehearsal, she would have killed it on opening night. You know, she did, she knew her choreography, she knew her lines, she didn't know it all well enough to completely give me the Unica that I want, you know, and that's how I could see a little bit of the struggle. But she felt like a safe queen to me, and she was yeah. a safe queen. I when I looked at I when I put them all like when I looked at all of the performances, hers stood out to me because I think it was in a very different style to all uh-huh. of the rest of them as well. And she like kind of even with her look delivering that kind of like spoken word rappy kind of bit, like there was like it was interesting. I I, I sort of felt like she deserved a. Even if she didn't deserve to win, I don't know if she definitely, definitely like she didn't deserve to win. Rose deserved to win. I think she deserved a moment on the main stage to be given a good critique, especially because for the last couple of weeks she's been sort of a default in the bottom, even though she's been doing quite well and maybe stepping out of the limelight. So I, I would have liked to see her in the top instead of one of the Russian bots. Like I would have liked her to have that moment. I don't agree. I feel like she did good, like, you know, and really was impressive to me. But the Russians stole the show um, and Rosé was just like, this I, is no, I, I, I wasn't as gagged at the Russians as the judges were. I thought they were okay. I was. I believe okay. I'm obsessed with red and black. So, <laughs> yeah. honestly, Soviets. I'm obsessed with it, like... Also, if you have an instrument and you're making that work and the choreography was really simple, like they were so lucky. I just was like, if I was in this, I'd want to be a Russian. I would be killing that part. And I kind of agreed with Ruth because I had the same experience where I felt a little bored. And then the Russians came in and I was like, okay, I'm into this again. See, okay. I and like I don't know if it's just that like overall the like storyline we're getting with Denali is a little bit of like kind of I feel like I'm entitled to be winning this show. Why am I doing better? Yeah, so maybe yeah. I haven't kind of been like warming to her because I got that feeling 100% from Gottmik. I was like, this queen is killing it. I like could not take my eyes off her the entire time she's on the stage. And I felt like Denali was like just about keeping up. Um, Agreed. So, until she did the backflip or whatever she did. Yeah, yes. I was like, good for you, girl, when she did that. Because I thought, God, Mick is stealing this. You know, mm, you yeah. need to push back. But I thought, looking like cartoon again, cartoon kind of Boris and Natasha in all the red and black and with the instruments, which kind of look cartoony as well in a way, that they balanced each other out. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I wonder, is it a bit unfair of me to be like, I kind of saw them as the one person, so all the credit that I give to the Russians is split between two, whereas then Utica would get more credit just as a solo. So maybe I'm being unfair on that, but I suppose that's where it is in my head. And they were the, only, the ones who brought the actual narrative to the musical as well about, you know, 
Cambridge Analytica and the the election and all that sort of stuff. So that that is true. Uh huh. Yeah, and I, for me, it was really just that there were moments of the show, which is the whole point of it, that weren't working. You know. Yeah. And then their thing worked all the way down to the choreography and the handing other people the instruments and the the gymnastics. It was like. Well, that was solid, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Rose, on the other hand, I didn't like her look. So, well, I figured she was going. To, she was supposed to be only fans. Like it didn't say that, but I figured that's yeah. who she was supposed to be in terms of apps. I totally get. I got that, but I just didn't want to see her not matching knickers the whole okay. time. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, yeah. I just sometimes drag. Just if it's not that funny and it's not glamorous. I'm just like, why is it there then? <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and if I'm going to see your knickers, then I would like them to be more glamorous or more funny, or I just don't need to see them the whole time. And mm, um, yeah. if you're that OnlyFans person, I just felt like her look could have been so much better because people like the Cock Destroyers have incredible looks. And yeah. that's yeah. part of what that is. Whereas looking like, I don't know, like like you ran through a charity store on your way to a bachelor party or whatever. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't really... Yeah, it did look tra- like it looked more trashy than sexy. Yeah, yeah, it didn't seem like it was doing justice to the character. And other mm. than that, I loved everything she did. Yeah. And I'm glad that she won. Even though I didn't love her runway look, she was fire in the musical. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, if you're the most talented at that thing, well then... All props you to deserve you. to win. <laughs> yeah. I I think that like I, it took me a long time to figure out that the rolling up sort of skirt was intentional. Me too. For for a while I was like, oh God, God help her. She must be absolutely mortified. And then I was like, yeah. oh no, that's meant to be happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking about things that didn't work, let's get on to Candy, who I presume was supposed to be doing LinkedIn, but I, I wasn't sure what the uh, what the knockoff name yeah. was. Uh, she uh, she was just a victim of the prop, right? It was just that wig just wouldn't land the away from her face. The wig was awful. But the wig was a choice, you know? Drag yeah. queens know mm. what they're doing. And I feel like she was also, just like Simone, masking herself, like kind of hiding herself, playing it safe or trying to. And then the wig that, you know, was supposed to shield her actually was her undoing. Downfall. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I, I just didn't like the look and it's a hard look yeah. to pull off an executive look but you know you can do better than that and it was just messy when drag gets messy it's not always good and her whole thing the choreography the hair the outfit the delivery it just felt like a hot mess you know I actually think Simone would have done that job really well she's really she can really work it in sort of like a blazer and be real sort of poised but still have attitude uh-huh. I think actually she would have been much better in that they role they could have swapped you're so yeah. right yeah. they no, could absolutely. have killed it Candy probably could have killed it as Instagram actually yeah. because she is that tiara kind of champagne sort of queen mm. yeah no um, absolutely yeah because yeah. actually now you said that I do think like the LinkedIn one was was a tough one to to be given like as part because it's not, not really. like really raunchy or not really we've all of... seen Britney Spears do it <laughs> we, you know, yeah. we, all know, we all know how to do it so it's like not really that it was a hard one I think that she was out of her comfort zone and just didn't yeah. like was playing it safe I really do think that when you're in the mindset of oh my god I've got to survive this role you're in danger girl Defeated. because you've got to just be in the mindset of I'm going to embody this role or yeah. it's yeah. all just going to show you know yeah it was less sort of sexy secretary more sort of Karen from accounts on the Christmas party yeah. rolling around the floor you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> on the floor chasing a sausage roll <laughs> finally then was Elliot with two T's for with Toktik slash TikTok. Um, yeah. This one I feel had the most like direction from his costume, what he wore and also the staging. I actually kind of liked it, but I really don't feel it was, he really brought it. His vocals were too far down. I didn't really get what you. he was bringing to it. 100%. I felt like it was fab. I loved it. I loved mm. the part, that part and the delivery of it. Everything about it. I won't, you know, criticize him too harshly, but... Um, he just didn't bring it and it was really a, a moment and it would have been an opportunity to really steal focus and get yourself in the top but yeah. 
um, the problem was the recording. Yeah. Like, yeah. I believe uh, she came undone at the recording and then delivered it on the stage. If she had delivered it in the recording as well, we would have been looking something different. Yeah. You know, I think you're absolutely right because I think the actual delivery and the performance on the stage, like with the staging and the lights and all the like little tricks that are part of it, like it actually, like it was the most visually interesting yeah. part of the, the whole thing. But then because she was lip syncing along to quite a flat vocal, yeah. it just meant that it, it never was able to kind of like break through. And it was definitely a part that was written to be like a, like, you know, that kind of like comes out of nowhere breakthrough part. Like I think it could have been yeah, I think so too. taken over the top. But then the if, direction of it to go Billie Eilish, I feel was a bit sabotage because she's so downbeat and she is quite flat and he gave yeah. Billie Eilish, but it's actually, you want to give drag Billie Eilish, you know? Exactly that. More like, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone is listening and you aren't a premium member of Sissy.pod, that's no problem. But what you are missing out on is a wonderful interview with Cheryl Hull. Yeah. So there, last week you will have picked up in the um, in, in the regular feed the first part of that interview where we chatted to her about her time on the Celebs on the Farm, which was rife with me digging for gossip about Carrie Katona. Mm. What's she really like? How does she really behave? What does is she, she smell the, is like? She, what does she smell like? What does she look like? Where does she come from? Where does she go? Where does she come from? Got my Katona. Um, Boots. <laughs> <laughs> boots the house down um but over over in that special feed for our special friends there is a whole other side to that where like i was surprised by the depth of cheryl hall's knowledge of like irish um irish kind of like music Pop musical queens. divas yeah. yeah i was surprised i was surprised she didn't throw a bit of buffalo g in there yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so we get into pop music Irish pop music Drag Race UK season 2 Why she's happy to see the girls suffer All of that It's all on the premium stream It's 5 euro a month And it supports us And all the content we do But don't worry If that's not for you Because these times are tough And we totally get that So yeah You get all our bonus content You get all the bonus content Of all of the podcasts On the Heads of Podcast Network Which is a lot There's a plethora mm-hmm. of stuff up there Including this one Which is all about what Irish food seems like to the outside world. It's called Spice Bags. Spice Bags is a podcast about food in Ireland from an international perspective. Hi, I'm May. I'm an American food writer and I'm with my friends Blanca, a chef from Spain, and Dee, an Irish food editrix. And we are the Spice Bags, three sassy ladies with a lot to dish up. Join us for the chats. Jump on to the the runway. So would you have said that you preferred Elliot's look to Tina's look? They both did that sort of yellow New York taxi cab. Didn't like either of them all that much. But, you Mm know, I I preferred Elliot's to Tina's. I, I like, you know, there's something impressive about those kind of costumes, but they're just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I did prefer Elliot to Tina as well, but not by much, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. it was the same bag, really. Yeah, yeah, um, the same bag of chips. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly the same bag of chips all over again. <laughs> you gotta f- feel for those girls, but at the same time, as you think, well, some things are just like kind of more obvious, and yeah. if that's what you chose, that's what you chose. You know. Yeah, I I, th- I think that that Elliot's was a bit more interesting, like the thing on the inside of the coat. Um, I do think, and this is definitely like not the nicest thing to say, that I think that even though I didn't love it, I think it's possibly the best that Tina's looked on the runway. Yeah, um, which says like, everything. I, <laughs> I still think the best thing was was the <laughs> hound's tooth look in the ball with the red hair. I still think that was her best. But this oh, was yeah, one no, of the that best. was yeah. that was pretty that was pretty good. But yeah, no, the, I think that was definitely. I think that um. But yeah, it is like an obvious reference to go to. And I think if you're given yellow as a theme, like that's something you're going to like, that like New York taxi cab is going to be something you're going to reach for. Exactly. Um, but Drag I think race, like as these, you know, it's yeah. like an obvious sort of place yeah. to go, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's like if it was in Ireland, we'd do Dublin bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it, the city imp. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Olivia was up next with her. Um, she had their ostrich feather, big sort of cuff. Loved it. Uh, I thought Gorgeous. it was great. I thought was the hairline not a bit weird? It sort of forward swirl was a very far forward. Yeah, yeah. But gorgeous all at the same time. Mm. I don't know. She just is 
beautiful. And I thought that was like, it's classic drag, mm-hmm. but she has great taste and she performed it really well. She walked it really well with those pups. Yeah. And I loved it. And I love that in Untucked, she showed mm. us that it also had a reveal. Yeah. Like, she yeah. is such <laughs> a sly fox. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. She is yeah. really, you know, a sniper from the side. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> Completely. If Olivia looks, could kill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they will. She had sort of a... A like a big bird vibe going on with the whole thing with the ostrich yeah. feather and stuff. Mm. I think that she she did look stunning, and I also really like when queens have thought ahead to like build in reveals for yeah. like particularly if you're going to be in a big cumbersome outfit and there's a risk. Because we might. all know what can happen. Simone then had her sort of yellow Versace another sort of big bird reference. It was very sort of love and hip hop. Um, she's really has Gorgeous. an aesthetic, right? Less is more. Yeah. I feel with Simone, it. but it always works. Yeah, I felt like this was not her best, but I I did like it a lot. I felt like suspenders, I'm there for topless on top. I'm there for, I've done it myself. I've done it more than once. I get it. But I felt like that outfit just needed something else as well as the coat, whether it was jewelry or accessories or something. It just wasn't quite enough for me, but I Mm -hmm. liked it. And then she killed it in the lip sync and I would kill for the coat. My God, it was beautiful. Yeah, no, I think you're you're like there was maybe as a, an element of characterization that she could have brought. Like even if she even if she just had had like a purse and like kind of uh-huh. you know giving like something that was missing. Yeah, yeah, or a yeah. collar, or I don't know. There was something about it. I just felt like I'm, I'm not fully there. It did sort of feel like like a bar look more so than like a runway look. It kind of did feel a bit. And she does that quite a bit. And it's one of the things that I love about her is how street and fresh and like you say, hip hop, love and hip hop. She is kind of stripper style, stripper with money. It's really (laughs) hot. But it was one of those times where I just felt I love the Kill Bill kind of reference of it. And I just felt like with that one element more. I would have been. Oh, all the why way didn't there. somebody do him with Herman from Kill Bill? That would have been so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's what I thought when I saw that outfit. I was like, well, obviously I would have done Kill Bill. Yeah. <laughs> now they all look shit in comparison to Uma. <laughs> uh, Utica is up next with her. Did she say it was a Cypress gown? I guess 14th it's, century. Yeah, I think she said sideless. Well, maybe maybe I'm just very literal. <laughs> it, had no, it had no sides. Well, it, like, it was sideless. It so. was sideless. <laughs> you could be right. I didn't quite catch it. Um, but again, such a unique point of view when it comes to her own representation. And mm-hmm. such an exquisite like garment. Like I wanted to wear it because I, I bet it felt amazing. Like th- yeah. to be sideless and open and heavy and kind of like a dungaree style or whatever. I was just like... Yeah. As a cross-dresser myself, I was like, I, I know how that must feel to have something kind of skin-tight underneath and then this big, heavy, kind of flouncy thing. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm so jealous. I also love how much she leans into, like, big, bold patterns and, like, exactly. clashing patterns and, like, sort of, yeah, big intentions. I love I, it. It's it just, like, gorgeous. Like, it's, it was... I, I thought she looked fabulous and I loved the like the hair with the like bun things on the side mm-hmm. and like it it just was like it was like sort of a a, a, a noble woman from Xena Warrior Princess could have worn it. Uh-huh. It was very Robin yeah. Hood and we know you like that girl. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she was Foxy. very like ho- homemade Marion I'm going to call her. <laughs> I love that it's like that she just has all of these tablecloths and bedspreads and curtains and she just does her thing. <laughs> It, you know, it's very Con de Garçon. If years from now, we, like Unica was the new head designer at Con de Garçon, none of us would raise an eyebrow because we yeah. would have had so much Botox that we can't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. She's so talented. I love it. Next up then was Candy with her Coachella Beyonce lemonade look. Yeah. This was fine. It was good. She looked pretty. Too much fabric. Too many flounces. Mm. Like, it really mm. messed her up in the lip sync. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Um, I felt that it was giving me more Titus Andromedon lemonade than it was Beyonce lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's mayonnaise. he has mayonnaise on his bath, so that's it. I think she looked gorgeous, though. Like, her, like she looked so pretty. Yeah, like, she looks amazing. 
She looks yeah. really pretty. I love her makeup and her whole vibe. She looked very soft and very pretty, but it looked too soft. Like Beyonce's yeah. actual dress, one of the things that I think makes it so iconic is the weight of the fabric and the way that it swings when she's walking. Mm, and this, yeah. that fabric that Beyonce's dress is more like more jersey and yeah. less chiffon. And these yeah. flounces kind of flounced, but they didn't swing. They didn't bounce. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my rap for the verse. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my issue. I just felt like mm, that dress isn't really giving me life. It was fine. Yeah. It was sort of like an oversized kind of Easter dress for like a six year old girl that you might get in Duns. And where's the baseball bat? Yeah. Exactly. It's funny you say that because it's interesting that maybe. The, you know when this look was put together it was put together on sort of like based on an image but it wasn't actually considered how the garment moved with her so that's uh, you're right that's definitely how it was exposed as a as a sort of poor poor knockoff of of the dress rose was full of bounce though as her jim carrey as the mask i thought this was a really really fun way of doing it really really brilliant idea really really hideous outfit like what was going on <laughs> Like I didn't hate it, and, and I thought it would, it was yellow to me, mustard if anything. It wasn't orange. Yeah, it was quite. It was kind of mustard. I was that's yeah. the exact word. I thought that if Michelle was saying that to me right now, I would say mustard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, because it was kind of mustard. But I would have loved to see a zoot suit like that. The the fashion, the zoot suit, like RuPaul's own blazer that she was yeah. wearing on the runway was so good, in yeah. yellow on rosé would have just been like, give her the win. But instead, yeah. I wasn't sure if she was going to get the win because I was like, oh, I hate that outfit. And the, the mask isn't green enough. Like the face isn't. If Rosé had come out with the like, like holding the the like wooden mask over and then yeah. like a green face reveal, that could have been. I, I thought it was a really clever interpretation of the challenge. Um, and when I saw, I saw it on Instagram this morning before I watched the episode and I got really excited because I assumed that that meant that the, the theme of the runway was going to be like interpretations of characters from movies. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, and then we got to this yellow thing and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a weird one, wasn't it? Yellow. I didn't mind it though, because you know, I love color, <laughs> but it is yeah. an odd one. You know, the theme is yellow. It's like, okay. I think we, yeah. we tend to have one color <laughs> run, yeah. runway. Cause last season we had like the color purple and before that was orange. So I think we do get one color, but he must be running out of yeah. colors now. Uh, finally then, we, we have Denali and Got Mick. So Denali had her Medusa cat suit, which she then tried to claim was the python around Brittany, which I was like, mm, that's a bit of a retrospective reference. And then Got was in a crash test dummy, which actually was was not as good for me as Denali's crash test dummy in the ball. But both uh-huh. good. And both solid, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like really good looks. And they both like looked amazing. But like, yeah, <laughs> they didn't blow me away either. Yeah, I, I think that, and it's not really fair to make these comparisons, but I think that if you're going to do like a Medusa headpiece, you need to walk out like Veronica Green with yeah. that thing six foot off your head. And I think because I'd seen that like a week or two ago, I was like, oh, that's cute. Look at that, like a couple of little snakes up there. But yeah. like, <laughs> you went. I liked it. I, I, the garment, yeah. I liked it. The sleeves, the idea, like I, yeah. I liked it. But I agree, the headdress wasn't everything you yeah. know the headdress yeah. looked like the base that you're about to put the headdress on <laughs> yeah. that was the foundation big, yeah had it gone <laughs> on top you'd be like oh my god girl now you're really giving it to me but yeah, yeah. it wasn't amazing but it was good solid really liked it and the yeah. same with yeah. got mick i love got mick i love the looks i think following the butt plug with this look is problematic because the butt plug is iconic whereas this is kind of similar but not yeah. as amazing. Yeah. I mean, you said it, Gomek would have done Uma Thurman perfectly, you know. Would have been fab, yeah, totally. I love her in, in less clothes as well. I'm discovering between the, the challenge where they had to make their own outfits where she wore almost nothing and the little black dress. I just love that, that that's so fresh and so brave and so transpositive. And I'm just like, give me that. Not the criticism of what she gave us this week just wasn't my favorite yeah no i think i think you're right i think i can't remember who it was was it rose had a thing for a few weeks in a row where the runway theme ended up being 
quite similar and I think that you then start comparing within and that butt plug last week was like such an iconic idea and also yeah. executed so well yeah. that when she comes out in all vinyl this week it's like oh okay we've seen that already I did think her makeup was like beyond stunning but I do think my favourite thing I saw her in in the entire episode was her like outfit when she was doing the cardio with like the the wide leg blue pants and the um, the like white vest top uh-huh. and I was like yes gorgeous go for it yeah <laughs> absolutely so I, I, I think we're all agreed that Rosé deserved to win and Simone and Candy deserved to be in the bottom I would have put Tina and Utica in the top personally because I, I felt Olivia and the bots were safe and therefore by process of elimination Elliot was in the bottom but I feel like you said earlier on anybody anybody other than those two would have just kind of felt unfair in the bottom James wh- where did you land with your judgments? That I wasn't exactly the same Okay. Um, well no not quite <laughs> uh, I would have done I, I think that that Rosé was the obvious winner yeah and then there was, like, I really thought that Utica had a hard part and great on the runway and deserved to to kind of maybe to get that critique in the top. And of the two Russian bots, I definitely preferred Gottmik. I just thought that, like, the, the facial expressions, the performance, the energy was a bit more there than Denali. So they'd have been my three tops. And then when it came to the bottoms, I really think Simone and Candy were the only two who, mm. like, stood out as as being kind of, like, weaker than the rest. Yeah. So I couldn't really say who would have joined the the, the two of them there. Like Ellie or uh, Tina was just kind of there making up numbers this week. Veda? Well, I was gagged that Tina was in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I would have thought that she was going to be in the top up until, like I said, yeah. until they gave me a clue. <laughs> I thought she was in the top. So I, I agree with you there. I would have expected her at least to be safe. Um, and then overall... I, I think that God Mick could have taken it from Rosé and I would have been fine with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I felt like this is what Rosé is really exceptional at and so I was happy to see her just show me that yeah. and yeah. take the win. Even though the Jim Carrey thing I thought was a genius idea, poorly executed. Excuse. Overall, yeah. I'm just really glad they didn't send anybody home. Well, I was going to say, do you think yes. it deserved to be a double chante? Yes, because I really, really enjoy Candy. I love her voice. I love her character. I love how disruptive she is. She, I'm sure she's a pain in the ass to be around, but as a viewer, I'm like, yeah, ask those questions. Be messy. I want all of that. And I feel like that I'm presuming that Rue was thinking we haven't really gotten the best out of her yet and um, that the next couple of challenges might really give her some great TV because she seems like she's great TV. So I wasn't gagged that they didn't send her home. I was actually just pleasantly surprised. I I do think as well that the last couple of queens who've gone home, like Lallery, Tamisha, Joey J, were like really big parts of the kind of confessionals and they were like the like show narrators. And if you've gotten rid of Candy now, then you really don't have anyone left that's like giving those like really kind of cut to moments. Um, So I was glad to see her not go for that reason. And I do feel like, I think that like Simone... I'd say that it wasn't a double chante because the lip sync was outstanding. It was more that, like, just overall, Candy Muse, as you were saying, is this huge character in the show and has more to show from it. And, like, one week performance, she doesn't deserve to to, to leave for that. I mean, it is her second time lip syncing. Yeah. And based on the lip sync, she was going home, you know? I think it's... She said, with total conviction that she loved RuPaul and the judges. Like, she seemed so sincerely overwhelmed with gratitude for the opportunity. And I think that even Mama Ru (laughs) has a heart. (laughs) And that, you know, she just struck the right chord, where if you're Mm. Ru, you're thinking... I don't have to send her home. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah. It's my name She's above the door. She's already in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's funny. When, when 
she was sort of saying her goodbye speech I was thinking about it and like the way I certainly view series and maybe you do the same is like there's your pre-snatch game queens and there's your post-snatch game queen and I was like it's gonna be weird to see Candy as a pre-snatch game queen because she was such a big character and then I was like yeah oh, here we go now we, now she's yeah. a post so Oveda thank you so much for joining us where can people find you online when the government lets us out of our houses what do you have planned oh that's what's <laughs> oh wow do you really want to know um, <laughs> well I'm going to be uh, locked down here with my puppy for the next few months, it seems. But um, I've got an exhibition coming out, a photography exhibition, when we're coming out of this with Dublin City Council and the Pride people um, that I'm working on with Babs Daly at the moment. So I'm doing a little bit of work behind the scenes. It's very arty, darling, but it's nice to have a project. And I've been working on a film project that yeah, I think is going to go ahead once this is over. Um, I can't say that much about it. It's not, it's not really my gig, but I've been in, invited to partake in this film project um, that is about HIV and AIDS and about that experience. And I'm really honoured and excited about it. It is greenlit and ready to go. We just have to wait till covid allows it to happen so until then i don't know i'm toying with the idea of doing a bit of drag it's been a while i was going to get up early this morning and get in drag for you guys but clearly that didn't happen <laughs> but, um, we're very early maybe we should you know we we do have an early we call have time later yeah. and insist yeah, so I would have had to start you drinking, could do a few, you know, few cameos for us as well <laughs> i couldn't do that so Actually, it was funny to see uh, Fifth Harmony lip sync because as people who follow us on Instagram at City That Pod, we have been pitting our favorite lip syncs against each other to try, you know, vie for a position mm. in in the lip sync spotlight. And Fifth Harmony was a band I had thought of. Band well, was a group I thought deserves their time on the lip sync stage, and they got it this week. I would have went for work from home. But Boss was also a good choice. Absolutely. Um, Can- Candy Muse not quite launched off the stage like Camila Cabello in that uh, famous performance. <laughs> yes. But I, I, yeah, I, I, I would agree. They've got some They've got some good bops. Uh, I've never been too much of a fan of them. They're kind of in that like milieu of just like random girl groups who like I plug into and like, like they come up on like mm. Spotify daily mixes for me. They're not ones I've listened to. But anything I have heard is always good fun. And that was a good choice for this episode as well. I felt like in song. Simone did just kill it. But you know. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back with you on Friday for another episode of Drag Race UK so anyway have a lovely week and we'll chat to you then see you love you bye bye this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.